Good morning. It's good to see everyone with us today and uh, along with Pastor Ryan. Uh, if you don't, if you're a first time visitor, if you're watching online, my name is Scott Jones and I am the college pastor uh, here at Pauline. And I want to thank you guys for coming. Thank our praise team uh, for all the hard work that they put in. Uh, thank you for those songs. Uh, I think uh, Ryan knew some of my favorites and he put uh, a thousand names as one of my favorite ones. Uh, I love the guy who wrote it and the way he worships. It's really fun to watch. So if you ever get an opportunity to, to watch people worship, I don't know if you do that kind of thing, but it's kind of interesting when you watch a person that you respect and that you love worship God. It's really, can really be a fun thing. Uh, we're going to start the, I guess the title of the message this morning is the gift of God sized expectations. And we're all the pastors are getting an opportunity to preach over this month of January, and each one of us are taking a certain aspect of how, how we live with God, how we are to serve God, and how we can do a better job of it in 2023, and how our life can, can better emulate uh, Jesus in everything that we do. And so uh, mine was kind of the idea of gifts, and I know there's a lot of different gifts that God gives us. He gives the gift of eternal life, which is the greatest one. Uh, he gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit that comes down when we're saved. It completely you know, fills us and, and acts as uh, an inheritance keeper until we go to be with him. Uh, he just blesses us with all kinds. It says that he is the father of lights who, who delights to give heavenly gifts to his people. And so when you look at what a gift is, a gift is something that, that you're given uh, that's not necessarily something that you deserved or that you worked for. It was just, it's a gift. And so... Uh, I was looking at this over, over the period of the weeks that we were preparing for these messages, and uh, we had gone to Passion a few weeks ago, and one of the pastors that was there preached a sermon, and it, I don't know, it just stuck with me, and I couldn't get it off my mind, and I don't remember what the entire sermon was about because I kept coming back to this, this one thing that he would say. Uh, he was preaching about, about how we live our lives and how we expect things, and we think that God will do something that we think he's going to do. We, we were like, we are sure, and we are completely sure that if I ask for this in the name of Jesus Christ with the right kind of attitude, and, and I'm reading my Bible every day, I'm serving God, that he is somehow bound to answer, and that he's going to, you know, I can expect God to answer that prayer. And this pastor, he, he preached the sermon, and he was moving along with that thought. And he said, but have you ever really gotten to the point where you've asked God for something and you hear this in the back of your head? Perhaps. Perhaps. You ask, I would love to marry a beautiful woman and have a family and be rich and all those things. And then you, you listen for God to answer. And he says, perhaps. <laughs> you ask God to heal a disease. Uh, you have cancer or you have something that's debilitating you that's, that's breaking your life. And you ask God to heal you and take it away. And what do we hear? Perhaps. We have something in our life that we desperately need God to act upon and to come in and to, to move. And when we, when we actually lay it on the table and we ask God, I think most of the time you would agree we hear the word perhaps. We don't have the promise that God is going to fix all of our issues. He's going to make everything go away and life is just going to be peachy keen all the time. I'm going to be honest with you as a pastor and as a person who was raised in church, preacher's kid, uh, you know, kind of like Paul talks about, you know, I had all the pedigree for, for life and, and success. I hear perhaps a lot. 
If I'm honest with you this morning, there are times in my life where I, I think God is going to do something and I think he's going to do it big, but he doesn't say he's going to. And I live in this moment of, well, perhaps. And if you don't have God-sized expectations and you're not the gift that he gives us to look at things in a certain light and conduct your life in a certain way, you're going to have this idea of constantly expecting things that don't happen. And we're going to see here in a minute that that does, that has more, does more damage than what any of us as Christians realize. So God-sized expectations. I want to start this morning uh, with Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. 1 and 2. Out at the college, we're going to start over the semester. We're going, to, um, we're going to go through a series. It's really Romans 1 through 12. And it's walking the Roman road. We're going to look at what we, going from salvation at its very base beginning, what we are, why we need salvation, and walking all the way through to chapter 12 where that we see the culmination of it here in verse 1 and 2. So 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is kind of our, our, you know, we've heard it preached. If you've been in church for very long, I'm sure Romans 12, 1 and 2 has come up. It is one of our key verses that we always are trying to get people to buy into. If you will just offer God your life, give it over to him, then he'll use you in great and powerful ways. But what we see here so often, and I see in my personal life, is I give that to God and I offer it to him completely, but then the cost sometimes is greater than what I thought I was going to pay. It costs me more. I didn't expect to have to give up this thing. I didn't expect for life not to go like I thought it was going to go. My job promotion didn't come like I thought it would since I'm serving God now. He and I are now peeps and we should be further along than this. God should understand my needs and all even my wants and I should not have to ask for what I need. And we kind of have this expectation that grows, even as Christians, we grow into this, well, I've offered Jesus my life, why is he not fixing everything and making it perfect for me to live in? And because we don't have God-sized expectations, we spend most of our life asking God why, instead of asking God where. I love what Brother Rocky was saying this morning about, you go ahead and plan to go and let God figure out how to get you there. Because I think that's what we do when we don't have these expectations that are correct. What we do, we spend all of our time asking God, why are we here? Why are we in this situation? And why won't you do something about it? When God says, that's not the point. The point is, where are we going? How can we be used and what are we to do? And so I think that's really where Romans 12, 1 and 2 culminates. But how do we get to that point? Well, the first thing we look at is the gift dilemma. And you'll see all these presents from Christmas. I'm so thankful whoever wrapped all these. It was really fun. Uh, the gift dilemma. Everybody loves to open presents. If you like to open presents at any point throughout the year, raise your hand. Okay. Most of you did. Some of you didn't. I don't know what's wrong with you. I love to open presents. I love to get presents. Now, that's not my love language, but it's close. And if you want to make me happy, you bring me a present. Uh, when the Amazon truck pulls up, I'm just like the dog. Me and the dog are at the window. <laughs> Amazon. Amazon. And if, I was telling the first service, if we drive up into the yard, and I've gotten better. I've actually had to be an adult about this. 
But uh, when I drive up and I see there's a package on the front porch, I have to really hold back and let the kids beat me to the package. And I know what it's going to be. It's not like I'm getting anything special. It's probably just light bulbs or toilet paper. You know, if it's Sam's, you never know how it's going to come. It may come unwrapped on the front porch. But it's a gift, and it's something that, that you, you were anticipating and you're waiting for. Well, let's go back to the, the gift idea and the dilemma that we live in. With God, we do this with God. Okay, we've got a present at Christmas. Just, just track with me. Okay, you get the present. It's put in your lap, and you're like, oh, yeah. This is, this, is, this is Xbox size. Well, it's a little small. And so you start looking at the present, and you start shaking it. It's way too light to be an Xbox. Okay. So uh, you adjust expectations. But you look, and you're like, where's the name? Because I want to see who it's from. Because if it's Aunt Marge, I know it's socks. And I don't care. As a kid, even as a grown-up, I still don't want socks. It's either socks, underwear, or as a Home Alone quote, a sweater with a big bird knitted on it. And I don't really want that. That's not what my heart desires above all things, is to open a present with socks. And so if you see Aunt Marge's name on there, you automatically adjust your expectations and you, you kind of roll back and like, well, it ain't going to be an Xbox. I know that. It's not a big screen TV. But then you, how many of you have that uncle that's not married that has amazing gifts? He's got a good job working in the tech industry. And he, man, he, he doesn't have any responsibilities. And so he pours all of his his youthful wants into his nephews and nieces. I had one. I had a brother who did that, an older brother. And I knew when if it said Stacy on it, to Scott from Stacy, it was good because he had, he had dropped some, some money on that present. And so my expectations were immediately adjusted when I saw it was my brother's present to be something amazing. I knew it was going to be good because he always gives good. And even to this day, he gives good presents. And so when you look at what, when we ask God for the gift of correct expectations, we kind of are more in, we're more interested in the present than we are than the label on it. Okay. I'm, if you tell me it's from Aunt Marge, I'm not that excited. You tell me it's from my brother Stacy and I'm going to get excited. Well, what if we, with, with God, we did the same exact thing. We are not so interested in what the package has inside of it, but who it is coming from. Because when we understand where it's coming from, where the gift is coming from, and guys, I'm telling you, sometimes gifts come in, sometimes the package looks good, and then when you unwrap it, you're like, oh my, <laughs> I'm taking that back to Walmart. But life's like that, isn't it? Every, I mean, we don't ever, I don't ever go through life thinking, well, today is a great day uh, every single day. But it's a gift. God says in his word that the breath in our lungs is a gift. Everything is a gift. We deserve nothing from God. And yet he takes pleasure in giving us gifts. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a parent, sometimes giving the funny gifts that make your kids go, what are you doing, are the, fun, are the most fun. And I think God is the same way. So I think when we look at God-sized expectations, those, there's three classes that, that we fall into. Uh, there's optimism, there's pessimism, and there's realism. And I think with the, when we kind of lean into those, you're in one of those categories. I hope you're not in any of the categories because this is not where we want to be. These kinds of expectations are, are human, okay? But how many of you are optimistic that no matter what happens, you open Aunt Marge's pack of socks and it's a six-pack? It's a six-pack of socks and they've got designs on them. And so you're like, wow, these are great. I'm going to be able to you know, put, put these on my dog. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. They're going to be great. And you, you're, you're planning with that disappointment. You take disappointment 
and you, you vault it up and you're like, oh, well, there's good in this anyway. <laughs> there's, there's some good in this six-pack of socks. Then you're like me, and I'm, I'm being transparent. I'm a pessimist. I'm trying to work out of it. I'm trying to, God is trying to drown it in my life. But I, I tend to, to lean more pessimistic. I get the socks, and I'm like, damn, gummit, why did I get socks? Could I, I should open that one first because that's the last one. If you're in my family, you get the socks last when you're like, this is as good as it's going to get. <laughs> I thought, and you see that one in the back, and you're like, oh, no, don't save that one for last. You open it up, and you're the pessimist. Man, these socks, they're not even the right color. I don't have anything to match. I don't even wear black dress socks. I'm a UAM college pastor. This is as dressed up as I get. What am I going to do with socks? And then you have the realist who is like what Brother Larry was telling us. He's the OCD guy who kind of has the, you know what, if we bar and graph, you know, we, we take the, there's six socks that's going to last me three days. I'm going to be able to do this. You know what? And, and they, look at the, the, they look at the information that's been given them and they develop a strategy on how to appreciate the socks. It's being a realist. Okay, this is, how, this is reality, folks. And so I'm not optimistic about it. I'm not pessimistic. This is just the way it is. And I, those people annoy me worse than the pessimists. Because <laughs> they have bar graphs and they have all the information of why I ought to be thankful for this present. And see, we, those three camps, and you're like, well, one of those hits you this morning, I'm sure. You're like, yeah, I kind of lean that way. Well, do you know all three of those are wrong? I wouldn't say they were wrong. I just said they're really not what God has for you. They're not the direction that God is pushing you towards if you want to have God-sized expectations. Because each and every one of these optimism, pessimism, and realism is rooted in self. It's rooted in a humanistic way of looking at things. I can either take a bad situation and think good thoughts, good thoughts. I can take a bad situation and think bad thoughts. Or I can look at the situation as it is and accept it. Is that anywhere in Scripture? Mm-mm. God says, I want you to look above. I want you to have a high thought and a high view and a high mind of how things are going so that you can over, you, you don't even, you're not even worried about what's in the package. You've got the name on the card. The, who it's from is what I'm focused on, okay? So how do we set God-sized expectations? That's probably what you're here for and what you would really like for me to get to. How, how do we do this? How do we set God-sized expectations. And when I say God size, you immediately think big, right? So I think, oh, God's going to, oh, he's going to tell me how God's going to bless me. Because mm -mm. sometimes God sized expectations are the cancer. It's the death of a family member. It's the, it's the losing of a job. It's something bad. It can be amazing greatness, but it can also be incredible disappointment. And so when we're talking about God-sized expectations, we're not living in the field of just good. It's good, bad, and ugly. All of it. Because that's part of the Christian life and the experience that we've all been called to live. So the first thing we must do, I believe, to have God-sized expectations is we've got to think God thoughts. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says the only way that we are going to be metamorphosized, and that's what that word transformed in the Greek, it actually is the word we get metamorphosized from, to go from one thing to become something incredibly different that's totally different. It's the renewing of the mind. That word renewing means to renovate. It means to go in and rip out what must be removed. Got any builders in the room? Any contractors? That's kind of what I used to do when I was, was younger. And when you go into a bathroom, when someone says bathroom remodel, you just shake your head. 
Because if they need the bathroom remodeled, they need a new bathroom. <laughs> it's gotten bad because they ain't calling you when there's just a little leak. They're going to wait until the floor has rotted out and they can see the ground before they're going to call you and then say, I have a little leak. And so this word carries the idea of renovating, going in and ripping the floor out. Anything that needs to be removed, it's taken back. And the mark of a good remodeler is knowing how much to take out and what to leave. Because if you take out the, the, the load-bearing walls, the house collapses. So you can't do that. But you've got to know what to take out, what to leave, and how do we do that? Well, it takes experience. And for us, if we want God-sized expectations, you've got to let God give you experience. You do not learn how to follow God like that. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lifetime. And some of you uh, ladies and gentlemen who are older, would you agree to that? That you don't, you didn't just get saved and be like, whoa, I got this. There were moments in your life where you didn't even know if you wanted to do it anymore. There were moments in my bathroom remodeling history where I was like, I want to burn it. Can I like light a match and collect the insurance money? But that's not what, it takes experience. You've got to go through some hard stuff, some good stuff and everything in between in order for the expectations to be correct. But first you've got to think God thoughts. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We had some you know, conversations out at, out at the center there at the college, and uh, one of our students was really struggling with some things that were, were bothering them. And they came to me and they asked me, how do I change the way I'm thinking? Because the thoughts I'm having and the things I'm being told and the hurts that are accumulating in my life are really too much for me to handle and I don't know where to go. And then, you, then you tell them that Jesus answered. Go to Jesus, pray, and read your Bible. And so we sat down in my office and we talked about different things that we could do, different you know, tips and tricks and things. And finally, at the end of, end of the conversation, God brought to my mind what he should have, what he was trying to the whole time and what I should have listened had I had God-sized expectations. 